You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Alhamdulillah Medical Files, a program that keeps you up to speed on what's happening in the medical world. And yes, we do have our favorites on Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Al-Sunnah Jama'ah. And one of those favorites is none other than our own Dr. Farooq Kafiji. And Dr. Farooq Kafiji, Allahu Akbar, Allah bless him for giving his time and being selfless to Muslim media. He's been doing this for many, many years. And there's he. Let me welcome you and Dr. Farooq Kafiji with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me how you're doing this fine, beautiful evening, Doctor. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shafat and to your listeners. Alhamdulillah, it's now in Durban, it's hot and muggy, humid, uh, but lovely. Mm. I tell you, Durban is uh, that time of the season, and uh, you know many call it a funny name. They say silly season, uh, but uh, Durban has uh, changed over the years and the demographic. But you won't talk about that. Uh, Doctor Farooq Kafiji is a GP, uh, you know, and he's a family uh, uh, physician. Yeah, he specializes in uh, being a family specialist. Alhamdulillah, physician there, and Alhamdulillah, who better than him uh, to discuss the topic uh, bloating and uh, many other issues. Uh, Doctor, you know, when you find uh, people, uh, some of them, you know, you look at them and they look bloated, the bloating, you know, on the face, on the on the tummy, and uh, can the legs bloat to the hands and all. Talk to us about uh, this condition called bloating and who are more susceptible to it, uh, doctor? Well, if you talk about bloating, uh, there, are, there are various meanings to it uh, that people use it for. Uh, so let's separate it so that you, there's no misunderstanding about what we're talking about. Uh, most times, when people uh, when people tell you that they're they are they've got they've got a bloated feeling, they're talking about their tummy. Uh, it means that the stomach has become bloated, and uh, they want to know why. So I, I think um, we should we should uh, we should separate it from the general uh, talk about bloating of the body where there's swelling of the legs and swelling of the face and swelling of the, of the hands. Uh, that's a different condition completely, and that needs to be uh, spoken about separately. So, so we've got two, uh, two reasons, two ways in which people... So some people, when you tell them, um, my, I'm bloating, they may think your stomach is bloating, uh, and, or, or they may be thinking that your body is swelling. So you need to clarify it with them because this meaning of bloatedness uh, has got a mixed meaning in most people's minds. So that, that's one of the things that we need to clarify and say, what are we talking about? Are we talking about the stomach or are we talking about the general body uh, bloatedness? Uh, so uh, let's take it from there, Shafa. Yes, sir, doctor, you know, I do agree. And uh, thank you for, for clarifying that, you know, and to say, it's going to blow to the ego. Hey, hey. That's another dimension altogether, people. You know, doctor and I get, but you clarified it there. And Alhamdulillah, you know, as you said, yeah, this is where it all talks about, you know, feeling bloated and, you know, when you eat something or you have too much of starch and all that gets into your guts and that guts or the stomach sends a signal to the brain, hey, you are bloated. But the the, the thing about bloating in the tummy, doctor, it just shows physically. And, you know, is there certain conditions that uh, you know exacerbates uh, bloating. Talk to about uh, uh, talk to us about that, Doc. Uh, yes, uh, bloating is a very common phenomenon. Uh, ma- many people have bloating sometime in their life, uh, and sometimes, it's, most times, it's short-lived. Uh, it is there for a few days and it's gone, uh, and it comes back again for a few days and it's gone. Um, and so, bloating can be without pain or with pain, and uh, that's a differentiation that we need to make. Uh, and usually, if it's with pain, it's of concern because there's some malfunction of organs that's creating the problem. If it's just bloatedness without pain, it may be something that you are eating. Uh, it may be foods that are rich, you know, that produce gas in the stomach, like like beans and cabbage and and and, and the yolk of eggs, uh, and and other vegetables that can produce extra gas in the stomach, causing bloatedness. But the, if the bloatedness becomes too big, of course, then you are going to get pain. But normal uh, bloatedness without pain is usually caused by uh, by foods that we are eating uh, that uh, that may be producing extra gas. Also, drinking a lot of fizzy drinks, uh, where which mm. are carbonated drinks, 
uh, that can also go down, and that gas that's produced in the stomach uh, will go down into the into the bowel and produce bloating of the of the of the abdomen. Uh, so, and then there are diseases that cause uh, bloating of the of the, of the abdomen, and the commonest one that we see uh, any uh, the, any uh, uh, bowel malfunction can cause bloatedness. Uh, and of course, the, the worst one, of course, is an intestinal obstruction where the bowel is obstructed and is not working. But there, you're going to have quite severe pain uh, because the bowel is trying to untangle itself and open open up. Uh, and of course, you're going to get pain with the bloatedness. And of the, there are other conditions of the bowel, um, which uh, and then the common one that we see is irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, irritable bowel syndrome, as the name suggests. Uh, is, a, is a bowel that's a bit irrita irrit irritated and a little irritable, which means that the flow uh, of contents in the bowel are not going like how uh, in peristaltic movements, like how a worm moves from one side mm. to the other side. Uh, so the contents are pushed from one side to the other side. Uh, it, it works in an irregular manner, up and down, irregular manner. So the contents don't move very effectively. So you can get diarrhea with it, or you can get constipation with it, depending on uh, how much of activity there is in the bowel. That's irritable bowel syndrome. Nobody really knows the cause of it. Uh, there, there are some theories about it. It may be due to uh, uh, it may be due to uh, an, an intrinsic de um, defect in the muscles of the of the bowel that causes the contraction. Uh, it may be a sensitivity of these muscles, like how you you have a sensitive nose. Which uh, which produces uh, more sneezing. You have a sensitive skin, which uh, you can get a rash very quickly. So in the bowel, if you have a sensitive bowel, a very sensitive bowel musculature, uh, it may start uh, cramping a little bit more, a little bit quicker uh, than an, an, a normal bowel. So that's one of the theories. And another theory is food intolerance. You may not be, um, you may it may not be food allergy. It may just be food intolerance. That means your, your your bowel is objecting to the food that you put in, and it cannot digest it properly. So you're going to have uh, a problem with uh, with digestion, with the result that you are going to get bloatedness and indigestion feeling, and uh, that, uh, that that has to be worked out to see whether it is it is that or not. So the first thing to do, of course, is to to exclude disease uh, before we go into diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, food intolerance because it may be a uh, it may be a treatable condition that we can that we can fix. Bloatedness can also in the in the stomach can also be caused by organs outside the bowel and the common one that we see is gallbladder. Uh, if you have gallbladder disease like a stone in the gallbladder or sludge in the gallbladder uh, where the, where not enough bile is being produced or or the bile cannot come out of the gallbladder because of the stones, uh, then the oil the oil that you you have eaten that cannot get emulsified. Uh, bile emulsifies fat in the in the bowel, in the bowel, so that it becomes absorbable. So it can become digestible. So emulsifying means like if you take dishwashing liquid and you put it on uh, a plate of oil, uh, that dishwashing liquid will emulsify the fat. In, in other words, it will dissolve the fat, uh, and that's what bile does to fat in the in the bowel. That's its function. Uh, so. Uh, if you're not producing enough bile because of gallstones or because of sludge in the in the gallbladder, uh, some of the oil that's in your bowel is going through uh, undissolved in its natural form, and, the, and of course the, the small bowel cannot handle it, so it's going to it's, it's not going to be able to to digest it properly, uh, so that you you are now start you are you are now beginning to get you get you get bloated. So one of the symptoms of gallbladder disease uh, is bloatedness and flatulence. So, uh, and these are, and of course, the other big cause of bloatedness uh, that we always we always miss, and sometimes is difficult to prove, uh, is anxiety. Because when you get anxious, you swallow air, and that air has to go somewhere. So either you are going to belch it out, or if you miss that belching, it'll be going to go down into your small bowel, uh, and of course, there'll be a collection of gas in your bowel. So if you are an anxious person, uh, and of course you, uh, you'll be swallowing air most of the time, and because anxious people tend to swallow more, but, but there's nothing to swallow, so they swallow air, uh, and that's what creates the bloatedness uh, that, you, that, uh, that people who have anxiety, not all of them, uh, some of them who have this swall swallowing problem, 
uh, can produce bloatedness uh, in the bowel. So if the bloatedness is associated with pain, it has to be looked into. Uh, and of course, you know, as I said earlier, it, bloating, most people experience some bloating in their life, uh, which lasts for a day or two and it's gone. And uh, But uh, if it lasts for more than two weeks, more than three weeks continuously, there is a problem. So you need to go and check uh, your doctor to see what's going on, what's causing the problem. Uh, another, another cause of bloatedness, which uh, is also very common, is constipation. Constipation can mm -hmm. also cause bloatedness because the large bowel is a storage organ for the waste. Uh, or that's all it is, like, like how the bladder is for the urine. We have the large bowel to store the stool until a convenient time for us to go and empty the bowel. Uh, so uh, if this is blocked up by hard stool, constipated, uh, the, the, the small bowel cannot function very well uh, because there is back pressure on it. Uh, and so it's, you start getting bloated. Uh, that's another cause of bloatedness, uh, which can be easily sorted out uh, by, uh, by by taking a laxative. So uh, the, the cause of the bloatedness needs to be found and and treated. And uh, usually, uh, the uh, you know you can get to the bottom of it. Yes, sir, doctor. You know, whilst you're talking, so in other words, uh, being bloated is not a disease, sir, doctor. Well, it could be caused by a disease. Uh, but it could not. It, can, it may not be a disease. It may be uh, some. Uh, it may be a, uh, something that you, you know, an anxious person. Of course, uh, you may you can call anxiety a disease if you wish, uh, or you you know, an irritable bowel syndrome. You can call that a disease if you wish, because nobody knows the actual cause of uh, irritable bowel syndrome. There are many theories uh, to to tell us what uh, what the cause cause uh, may be, but. None of them, none of it has been proven, but we, we do notice uh, that people who are uh, highly stressed and people who are who think a lot, uh, they tend to suffer from abdominal pain and bloatedness uh, due to irritable bowel syndrome. And usually we find this in young people, uh, people who are teenagers, young adults, uh, up to about 30, 35. Uh, we don't see very much of that in the older uh, people because I think by then uh, people have... Uh, uh, become more mellowed. They 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 don't. The expectations are a bit lower. Uh, they they tend to uh, accept things a bit more in life. Uh, so the stress levels uh, go down, and and that may be the reason why uh, we don't see irritable bowel syndrome very much in in the older people. Mm, and then you talk about uh, bloating, uh, doc, and I'm wondering. Uh... Uh, you know, if uh, that gas, when you're getting gas, it's important for the gas to come out. And uh, then you find uh, people, you know, burping quite often. And if you're not yeah. burping, you know what you're doing. Uh, and uh, that is embarrassing. But uh, it's quite dangerous to hold uh, gas, uh, you know, to keep it in because it, it will exacerbate your bloating, uh, uh, doctor. Yeah. Yes, it will. And it can cause quite a, quite a bit of uh, quite severe uh, abdominal pain uh, as the bowel is trying to get rid of the gas. Uh, so either it comes out of the top, which is bulging, and or it'll come out from the bottom. Uh, mm. And usually, usually people have a problem uh, where they're passing wind uh, from the bottom all the time. The passing wind from the bottom all the time is usually, usually constipation that causes the problem, uh, because of the, the 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 stool is staying in the large bowel for so long uh, that it's it's uh, the the germs in the bowel in the stool. Sorry, the germs in the stool are breaking down carbohydrate, which, which is producing the gas. Uh, and of course, it is continuously producing the gas. And until that stool is taken out, until it is uh, removed by, by making the bowel work properly, uh, you are going to continuously pass wind. Uh, and uh, so those, those people who have this wind problem and have, are passing wind all the time, and they're breaking the wudu all the time, they should mm. really they should really eat things that make, make their bowel work uh, once, uh, ideally twice a day. Uh, it should be soft stools and it should empty the bowel completely. Uh, in other words, all that is in the large bowel comes out. Yeah. Remember the large bowel is a storage organ of our feces. So uh, once it's all emptied out, there's no stool in there. there are, the, the bugs can't form uh, gas in the bowel so that your wind problem will go away. So. So uh, those people who have no pain, no bloatedness, but pass a lot of wind, they should consider treatment for constipation. They can do home treatment for constipation uh, and, and, uh, and open the bowel out to make sure everything is, uh, is cleared out. And then have a diet uh, that will allow them 
to pass tools on a daily basis. Our diet these days is too rich in refined carbohydrates. Uh, you know, refined carbohydrates are, are, are foods that are rich in sugar, in white flour, uh, and rice. Uh, and if we combine these three, um, you, 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 you know, the, it'll, you get constipated because there's not enough fiber in these foods. In fact, there's no fiber in refined uh, carbohydrates. The fiber has been taken away. So, and if you eat a lot of that, especially things like shortbread or, or, or a lot of biscuits uh, with white flour, made with white flour, uh, you are going to get constipated after a while because you, you, there's no fiber in there. Fiber causes uh, a distension of the large bowel, and the distension of the bowel causes the bowel to move. Uh, so it's, it's, it's the stimulus that the bowel needs to move. Um, so if you don't give it this distension, this uh, stretching, uh, the bowel won't move, and that's how constipation occurs. So you need you need fiber, uh, which is which is bulk, and and when that goes into the bowel, to the large bowel, uh, it creates a distension of the large bowel, uh, which stimulates the large bowel to empty. So uh, so if you don't have fiber in your diet, uh, most likely you will be constipated. Uh, so so it's a good idea to select some high fiber uh, foods. And the best time to have that, of course, uh, is in the morning for breakfast. Uh, you can have something like oats or all bran flakes um, or some other cereal with a high fiber content. Uh, and that, you know, now you've got enough fiber for the day. Uh, other, other sources of fiber would be uh, things like vegetable, uh, vegetables, uh, especially the stingy vegetables. Uh, they, will they will provide quite a bit of fiber. Uh, then you will then have uh, fruit. And uh, the fiber from the fruit is usually found on the skin. Uh, so you shouldn't peel the skin and you shouldn't juice the, the fruit. If you juice the fruit, you're taking the fiber away and uh, you're just going to have the liquid. Uh, so you, 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 you rather grind it. If you grind it, you grind the fruit, you still have the skin of the fruit with it and all the fiber with it. So you can make a smoothie if you want with, with some yogurt. Uh, if you want something to drink rather than uh, rather than... Uh, eat the fruit, but the best way to do it is to eat the fruit and the fruit with the skin. So it's things like apples and pears and peaches and apricots and plums, all these with the skin. Uh, these are the fruits that will provide the fiber that your bowel needs to make it work. Absolutely brilliant, uh, Doctor. Really love uh, your input, and also, you know, talking about enema. You know, when people feel that bloating fear, because uh, from what I'm hearing from you, it's all that stool and all those things that you have eh, within your intestine and your and all these systems there. If you if if that is uh, clean, then uh, you know you won't succumb to all these uh, discomfort uh, feelings or all those things that come through. And you know, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that all the sickness starts from the gut. So, how would uh, uh, enema help, uh, Doc? Yeah, just before that, one of the one of the requisites of bowel movement is water. If you don't mm. drink, in, you don't drink enough water, your stools will become hard. One of the one of the places in our body where water is reabsorbed, uh, because water is so important for the body, so the body will be searching around for water to to reabsorb it to to make the body function better, the vital organs making make them function better. So if it finds water in the large bowel, it'll absorb it. That's how that's how the stools get hard. But if you have enough water in you, if you are well hydrated, the body does not have to take the water from the large bowel. So the water in the large bowel will still be there, making your stools soft uh, and uh, and watery. Then that's what you need. You need you need stools that are soft and easy to come out. Uh, as far as enemas are concerned, this is just a temporary measure, Shabbat. It does not. It's not a permanent thing. It's just a temporary measure. So those people who go for enemas. Uh, it'll clean them out. They'll feel very good. They'll feel yeah. excellent for a day or two or three or four. Uh, and, and if they haven't corrected the problem of why the bowel is not working properly, they, you're, they're going to be back again to where they were before. And they will, in a week's time, two weeks' time, they'll need another enema. So an enema is not an answer to the problem. Uh, it's a relief. You can, you can relieve the constipation uh, with an enema as a last resort. Uh, but the, the the thing is to find the to find out why you are getting constipated uh, and and uh, and try and uh, uh, try and fix it up. Some medications can also cause constipation, uh, and these these need need to be you need to talk to your doctor about that and say, look, I'm taking these medications. 
uh, are any of these medications causing me to become constipated? Uh, and of course, uh, they, there may be alternatives to that uh, medication. And of course, uh, the, the medication switch can be made if you're having a constipation problem. So uh, there are all these factors come in with constipation. And of course, constipation is a very common cause of bloatedness. Mm. And uh, doctor, how do you react? You know, when you find someone that, that's standing next to you, especially when you're in the mosque and he's uh, burping and he's uh, belching, and you hear the gurgling sound from the stomach, uh, should we be tolerant? You know, sometimes we give them a funny look. Uh, should we be sympathetic towards them, uh, doctor? Well, uh, you you know, they are, they are not. If you if you're disturbing the masalli next to you, it's better for you. Um, to to stand on the side against the wall or against the window or somewhere where you are not disturbing too many people, uh, and if you have the if you have a problem, but the, the important thing is for you if you have the problem to try and find out what's causing the problem, uh, and uh, and uh, attend to it so that you don't disturb people with it. Now, if it's happening if it's happening in the masjid next to you where we are very close to each other, it is also happening at at his workplace. Uh, at his family gatherings, it's happening everywhere. Uh, so uh, it can be quite embarrassing for that person, but a lot of people don't pay attention to it because they've had the problem for so long, they get used to it, and they think that that's how it is. That's how they're supposed to be. They say, that's that's me, I always have a problem with my stomach, and that's how you just have to put up with it. Uh, that kind of attitude, but that's not the right attitude. The right attitude would be to say, why is this happening? Uh, my bowel is not working properly. Uh, my My stomach is correcting a lot of gas, what is creating the problem? Remember, the gas in the stomach comes from swallowing. The gas in the small bowel can be gas that you have swallowed, but the bugs in the bowel can also make the gas. So in the stomach, it's not the bugs that are making the gas. In the stomach, the, the air that you are burping out is the air that you have swallowed. Now, either it's, it's like I said, fizzy drinks that you, that you drank, uh, for instance, if you drink Coke, uh, which is very notorious for producing a lot of gas, uh, if you open a can of Coke and you drink the Coke and you jump up and down, you are going to, that means you're going to, you're going to sosh that Coke in your stomach. You're going to, you're going to mix that Coke in your stomach. You're going to produce a lot of gas because that carbonated, uh, carbonated uh, part of the, of the Coke is going to make, uh, make a lot of gas come up and you have, you'll be burping quite a lot. Uh, and some of that gas is going to go into your small bowel. So uh, another another problem, as I said, was um, was uh, anxiety. But with anxiety goes another thing. You find that people who are always in a hurry tend to eat a little faster. They tend to eat very fast, and they tend not to chew their food very well. Uh, and and because and because they're eating very fast, and they get they want to get done with the food as quickly as possible. And they're, uh, and some of them don't even taste the food. Some of them don't even know what they're eating. Uh, they just eat fast. And while they're doing that, they're, they're, as they're swallowing, they're swallowing air with the food because they're swallowing so many times. Uh, and they are also uh, not chewing the food properly. And that can produce gas in the stomach, which then has to come out as a burp. Uh, so uh, these are things that, that we need to attend to uh, that, you know, in our lifestyle, this is a, it's a way in which we are conducting ourselves that creates the problem. Uh, it's not a malfunction mm -hmm. of the body. It's just something that we are doing, uh, which is creating the problem. So, uh, you know, coming back to your question about ma massages, maybe if, you, if it's disturbing you, rather move somewhere else to another part so that your salah is not, uh, not disturbed. I well said that, Doc. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm thinking aloud here, you know, we were lighties and we used to chew gum. And, you know, we should do it with style. But, you know, no one told us, hey, stop chewing, man. Stop chewing that gum. You're going to uh, get bloated soon. Because, you know, you're chewing in and you're taking a lot of air at the same time. Uh, your the thoughts on a lighter note there, Doc? Yes, absolutely. Those people who, who, who eat chewing gum will have uh, extra gas that they are swallowing into their stomach. And they're going to be burping uh, all, all the time. So it's not a good idea to have something in your stomach all the time. Uh, the other thing is, you see, with, with chewing gum, you see, we, we, our organs, our digestive organs, the saliva also has enzymes to digest food. Uh, not very much, but a little bit. Uh, and of course, the, the bowel has uh, enzymes, the stomach has enzymes, some enzymes to digest the food. And then 
most of the enzymes to digest the food comes from the pancreas, uh, which it spurts out into the small bowel at the beginning of the small bowel uh, with the bile, near the bile, uh, with the bile. So that's where uh, the, these enzymes uh, digest the food. Uh, so these, these, these secretions that we have, the saliva, uh, the gastric secretion, and the, and the small bowel secretion, pancreatic juice, and the bile, they all, uh, we need them because they, they are the ones that break down the food to make it uh, absorbable, to make it in a condition that our bowel can absorb it. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, 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 you're going to buy, so they, they need a rest as well. They can't be working all the time. Uh, so if you're chewing gum all the time, you are not resting your salivary glands. And uh, that's not a good idea. That's, uh, that's you know, you're, you are just overworking your salivary glands for nothing. And, uh, uh, and of course, you're swallowing air which, uh, which goes into the stomach and you're going to be burping, burping or you're going to get bloatedness because uh, some of that gas is going to go into your small bowel. <laughs> yes, sir, Doc, absolutely, mashallah, this evening. Uh, time for us to go to the marketplace. And inshallah, we will continue with this uh, fascinating conversation with our Dr. Farooq Khafiq. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. So, alhamdulillah, a fascinating conversation uh, this evening with Dr. Farooq Khafiji. And uh, Dr. Farooq Khafiji is a GP. And also, yes, uh, he's uh, someone uh, that is uh, very popular on uh, many medical uh, platforms in uh, uh, Muslim uh, media. And alhamdulillah, yeah. Is there for us on uh, Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'a. Yes, uh, doctor, you know, talking about uh, bloating, and you really have uh, given us a, uh, you know, a bird's eye view of the whole thing, and you also have taken us uh, uh, deeper into the issue. And, you know, uh, when uh, people are bloating, uh, perhaps they will, they will ask you, uh, doctor, you know, what are some of the, uh, uh, you know, some of the things that we can uh, do that will uh, relieve uh, bloating Perhaps, you know, today is a quick zamana. Everyone wants it quickly, quickly. You know, from a 286, you go to a Pentium 1, 2, 3, 4, Kozroko. And it's all about speed. You say, hey, Dr. Farooq Abiji, I want to get better quickly from bloating. How would you advise them, uh, doctor? Well, uh, you know, usually we take a history to find out what's happening in their life, how they, what kind of foods they're eating, and uh, what kind of person they are, uh, whether they're anxious or not anxious. And all this comes out in, in talking to them. Uh, and once we've spoken to them, uh, we then examine them and get, uh, we find out the history of pain, pain, no pain. <clears throat> and then we examine them. Uh, and on examining, uh, we check, to, we're looking for uh, any causes that we can find for the bloatedness. <clears throat> we may find uh, constipation, we may find some gallbladder problems, or we may find what, whatever it is. And then, uh, and then we do investigations to prove uh, what we are suspecting because we cannot look into the bowel. Uh, it is a suspicion that we have that this may be the problem. Uh, so then we investigate it. And now I'm talking about bloatedness that is there for a long period of time. Uh, not bloatedness that we experience for, for two or three or four days. Uh, this, this is bloatedness that went on and ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. Uh, so we then investigate, and the investigations that we normally start off doing is an ultrasound because it's, it's, a, it's sound waves, it's not an X-ray. It's non-invasive. Uh, it doesn't cause any harm to the body. Uh, it's, uh, it's sound waves that we are using to look at organs inside the body. And that, uh, that ultrasound uh, will look at the liver, it'll look at the gallbladder uh, for any stones or any sludge, or uh, it'll, look at, uh, it'll look at the pancreas to see if the pancreas is okay. Uh, it'll look at the kidneys to make sure that the kidneys are, are functioning okay, uh, that that's uh, not functioning, but that the kidney size and and the structure of the kidney is okay. Uh, and, and then if that's all normal, that we, we haven't found the cause of it now, we need to go to the next stage. Uh, and the next stage will be to look for constipation. Uh, sometimes a plain X-ray of the abdomen can tell you whether there's constipation or not. Uh, and that's a, that's a very, uh, one of the simple ones to do. And if we find on that, on that plain X-ray constipation, then you treat the constipation. And 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 uh, once the constipation is treated, then the patient the patient says yes, I'm feeling fine, absolutely. Then we can they say okay, this is caused by constipation. We treat the constipation. Now remember, the treatment of constipation is an ongoing treatment. You have to change the way you're eating. That you have to change the foods that you are eating uh, to accommodate uh, the the high fiber that your bowel 
requires for better function. Of course, um, some people here have a lot of fiber, and, and that fiber itself can create a problem because sometimes the bulk becomes too much in the large bowel, uh, causing an obstruction, if you, if you like to call that, uh, because uh, the passage out to, 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 for the stool to come out uh, will be narrower than the size of the bowel. Uh, so that bulk, that high bulk caused by the uh, high, uh, high intake of fiber can create a problem. So there needs to be a balance uh, of how much of fiber that, uh, that you take. Uh, so, and then, uh, you know, and then if that doesn't give us an answer, if that is all clear, it's not constipation and the X-ray looks okay, uh, sometimes we skip the X-ray part and we go straight to a colonoscopy and an endoscopy because that's the only way to look inside the bowel to see what's going on inside the stomach, inside the bowel, to see if there's any problems, any obstructions, any uh, any uh, polyps or anything that's creating a problem that for the malfunction of the bowel. Any ulcers present there, which are, which may be um, which may indicate disease that's creating a problem. Uh, so. We do that investigation to see what's going, what's happening inside the bowel. And of course, again, if we don't get any answer there, uh, the last investigation that we do is a CT scan of the abdomen. Uh, the CT scan of the ab abdomen is a very uh, detailed uh, analysis of the contents of our stomach, of our, our ab abdomen. Uh, so it looks at all the things very carefully. Uh, out the, uh, it cannot tell us inside the bowel. That's why we need to do the endoscopy and colonoscopy. But it'll tell you what's outside the bowel, um, lymph nodes, swollen, swollen organs, uh, cysts that may be present, whatever it is. Uh, it'll tell you all that. Uh, so that's the, that's the step-by-step approach, step-by-step investigation. We don't do all the investigations at one time because it's very costly and it may not be necessary. You do it step-by-step step because... If you find the cause by, with the ultrasound, you don't have to go any further. Then if you, if you don't find the cause with the ultrasound, then you do the uh, uh, colonoscopy and gastroscopy. Uh, you may find the cause there. Then you don't have to go any further. So it's just a step-by-step -step approach uh, to try and find out the cause of the, of the problem and then, and then take it from there. But what happens we find in practice is that once we've made the diagnosis and said this is what the problem is, you need to change your food. You need to change the way you are eating. Uh, people will do that for a while. Uh, we tell them to a dietitian. Uh, the dietitian will explain to them what foods they need to leave out and what foods they need to include in the diet. But then, you know, habits are habits. After two or three weeks, when the patient eats, eats and you know, follows a new diet, uh, after two or three weeks, on it four weeks, five weeks, um, and then they feel better now because uh, the, the, that problem is eliminated. The bloatedness is gone. They're feeling fine. And then they say to themselves, now I'm feeling okay now. But they don't realize they're feeling okay because they are now they have now changed their diet and their, their, the way they're eating. Uh, that's what's making them feel good. They say, no, I'm feeling okay now, so I'll go back to my old diet again. And that's what they do. They go back onto the old diet again, and the whole problem starts again. Uh, and, and this is a cycle that we see all the time. Uh, it's just frustrating for us. Because you put the thing in place, you put the preventative measures in place, uh, but people are people, you know, and they, they will go back to uh, what they want to do. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, that we, we shouldn't fall into that. Uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you are told that, you know what, like a di di diabetes, uh, if you're told that, you know, uh, you've got diabetes, that means your, your body is having a problem uh, metabolizing sugar, can't, you can't, you can't digest, you can't assimilate sugar uh, as as normal. So you you have to stop putting sugar in your diet, uh, and all those foods that turn into sugar in your diet, you must not have that because you're creating a problem for your body uh, because you you you're overloading your body with a substance that the body cannot have, handle. So then yeah, they say, they say, oh, you know, hey, doctor. Yeah, they say, oh, I'm enjoying oh, you. Yeah, mm. they, they say, uh, so, so when you tell them, no, you mustn't have this food, you mustn't have that, then they say, oh, I feel deprived, my whole family's enjoying themselves with all these foods, and I'm the only one that's, that's <laughs> deprived of it, and I'm the only one that can't have it, uh, oh, I can't have that cake, and I can't have this, and I can't have, you see, you're becoming a victim. When you develop that victim mentality, you'll always be unhappy. 
you have to accept the change and tell yourself, look, my body has changed. My body now cannot accept sugar uh, as, as, as food. I need to now stop putting sugar inside. And I now need to look at other foods which I can enjoy uh, that do not have sugar in it. So change the way you are thinking so that you can now forever keep sugar out of your diet uh, and, and enjoy the other foods uh, as, just, as well, just as well. You make a lot of sense, uh, Doctor, and Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah khair for being thorough once again. And as you said, you know, you for your betterment of your health, yeah, you have to make some sacrifices. And, uh, you know, uh, many will say, you know what, oh, I got this stomach uh, protein and uh, for me to uh, make it uh, feel better. Uh, some take a warm bath and uh, uh, soak and relax. Uh, will that, uh, you know, help them for the bloating uh, or tum uh, tummy bloating, uh, doctor? Yes, the more relaxed you are, the better your bowel will work. Uh, and uh, the more tense you are, the more difficult your bowel will find. We have a nerve called the vagus nerve that goes from the brain right down to into the bowel. Uh, it's a long nerve from the brain right down to the bowel. It's called the vagus nerve. And that controls the bowel, uh, our stomach and, and bowel. Uh, and, and, and so emotions are, uh, are intricately related to our bowel movement. So that's why when we get nervous, sometimes we get diarrhea. And, and sometimes when we get nervous, we start, we start feeling nauseous. Uh, that's because of that nerve that's uh, sending the message from the brain. Uh, so, so we have a connection. The bowel has a connection with the brain, direct connection with the brain through this vagus nerve. Uh, so, you know, so the, the more relaxed you are, the better the bowel will work. And, and there, there are certain things that relax you. Uh, one of the things, of course, is uh, just sitting in warm water uh, or, or just putting warm uh, hot water bottle in your tummy uh, or or, you know, uh, drinking hot water. Uh, that's another way to do it. Um, warm water. You drink warm water. Uh, it will relax your bowel and it will make your bowel function a bit better. Uh, and, of course, uh, uh, you know, you, 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 you can... Uh, uh, the other way to warm, to, to relax your bowel uh, is by exercise. Um, if you exercise, you're, you're warming your whole body. Yeah, you're warming your muscles, you're warming your joints, you're warming all the organs as well. So a good 20 minutes, half an hour walk uh, will warm up your intestines, will relax your intestines and make, uh, and, and make your bowel function a bit better. So those are the things that we should be going for. Uh, a a, a fiber-rich diet, uh, water, adequate water intake. Uh, we need to exercise. And if we put this daily into our diet, uh, into our lifestyle, uh, we'll find that you we may not, uh, you know, the constipation problem won't be there. Uh, you know, really, uh, you know, I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. And if you, you know, you say if you're relaxed and you're cool, calm and collected, and then, you know, you can have this uh, relief. And I thank you uh, for talking about that nerve. Uh, you know, uh, we're learning new, so I learn something from you all the time, uh, doctor. So in other words, if I use essential oils and I, you know, try some ab uh, abdominal um, uh, massage, I will get relief, uh, doc. Uh, yes, some, you know, some people massage the bowel as well uh, and uh, just to relieve the constipation. But you need to know which way the bowel is going. You need to know some anatomy. Mm -hmm. And our, our small bowel goes, gets into our large bowel on the right-hand side uh, near the hip bone. Uh, and then it goes up to, uh, to under the ribs on the right-hand side. Then it goes across the abdomen to the left-hand side under the ribs. And from the left-hand side, left side, it goes down to the to the hip bone on the left hand side, and then it goes inside a little bit, and then it comes out. So that's uh, that's the way in which the uh, large bowel works. So the massage should be done from the hip bone up to the ribs, and then from the ribs to the on the right hand right hand side to the ribs on the left hand side, and then from the ribs on the left hand side to the uh, hip bone on the left hand side, uh, and then just uh, uh, massage the bottom of the ab abdomen, and that, in that way, you can assist the bowel, uh, the constipated bowel to move. Uh, you can do that, yeah. Mm. And uh, then you talk about, you know, relief, and uh, uh, you can buy medication. Perhaps you can buy the, uh, uh, the gas relief capsule, or some people use uh, peppermint uh, capsules for uh, bloating, doctor. Uh, how would you advise? Uh, peppermint uh, absorbs gas, 
so it is a is one way of uh, absorbing the gas, making your stomach less bloated. Uh, now, as far as relieving constipation is concerned, there are uh, there are medications that are available, but there are two types of medications that we need to look at. Uh, two broad categories. One is a bowel stimulant, uh, which stimulates uh, uh, the muscle of the bowel to work. Uh, so these bowel stimulants, and you can know the common names are like, I'll name them because they're so common, the Senecot, uh, Duralax, uh, these are the ones that are commonly used, Brooklax, that if you remember the old days, uh, these are bowel stimulants. They stimulate the bowel to work. Uh, so what happens is that when you take it, the bowel starts contracting, the muscle of the bowel starts contracting more, and that way it relieves the constipation. The problem is that if you do this on a regular basis, the bowel then relies, starts relying on something to make it move. So it will be waiting for you to, to, to give it that stimulus uh, to, to, for it to work. So that if you don't give it, the bowel will get lazy, you'll get constipated again. So we find that if you, if you use these bowel stimulants to relieve constipation, it's fine if you just relieve the constipation. But you shouldn't use it on a daily basis because your bowel is going to get used to it, you're going to require higher doses, and you are going to, and then the bowel, if it's not available and you don't have it, you're going to get constipated because that, that muscle has been so used to getting this stimulant that it stops functioning and it's not functioning as it's supposed to function. The other type of medication, that's, that's a stimulus, that's a stimulating medication that you have. That, if it's used correctly, is no problem. If you're very constipated, you can put it down a Dalcolex suppository, uh, that will relieve your constipation. Uh, or if you want to, you can take Dalcolex tablets, uh, or you can take uh, Senecot tablets once in a while. These days, I notice in the supermarket shops, you also get rooibos with, uh, with Senna, with Senna uh, for people who are constipated. You also get black, black, black forest tea, which is also uh, relieves constipation. Um, so... Uh, but these can't, you can't have this all the time because it, it's going to create a problem for your bowel. It's going to make your bowel lazy. A bowel will be waiting for these medications uh, to come to it for it to work. The other category is, is uh, stool softeners. Uh, these are another category where you take medications which are stool softeners. Uh, they don't get absorbed in the, in the bowel. They just stay in the bowel and they draw water into the bowel. Uh, so so, so they, they create liquid in the bowel. Uh, and of course, they... Uh, they make it a bit softer for the person to uh, to to pass stool, uh, and and these of course uh, because they are not absorbed and they don't interfere with the muscle function of the of the of the of the bowel, uh, you can use it on a daily basis without any problems. Uh, but providing you 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 have enough water to drink, uh, you are well hydrated, uh, then you can use that. But what but remember medications we leave as a last resort. Uh, is a last resort thing. Usually, you can fix these problems up just by changing your diet and your lifestyle. Uh, and and if you can do that, uh, you'll find that you, you your bowel will start working uh, very well. And of course, once you've changed that lifestyle, once you've changed your diet and the bowel is working nicely, you need to stick to that for the rest of your life. And the other thing that happens, of course, is as we get older, like everything else that slows down in our body as we get older, the bowel also slows down. So constipation is a very big problem uh, in the elderly, uh, and uh, that needs to be taken care of. And of course, uh, the, the elderly person who depends on food by uh, the extended family or people who are cooking for them, uh, those people need to realize that this elderly person needs to have fiber in their diet, and they need to manipulate their diet in such a way uh, that this diet, that, that the food that you are giving to older people contains enough fiber, and you must make sure that they drink enough water, because one of the things that happens in elderly people is that they lose the, the thirst sensation. Uh, they don't feel thirsty, so uh, they don't realize that. They don't feel thirsty, so they don't drink water. Uh, so you need to make sure that they drink at least six, 250 ml glasses of water a day, and make sure that they have enough fiber in their diet uh, through the day, 
so that uh, their bowel starts working normally and they don't get constipated and the, and the body functions normally. So we, we, we need to, those people, those families who have elderly people in the house or elderly people that, that are living separately, uh, they, they need to make sure that uh, these people are having this type of food. Mm. And uh, Dr. Kedo, whilst you're talking through, and I can hear the whole Ummah shouting at me, say, please ask Dr. Faru Kafiji, when should we be worried about bloating? Million dollar question for you, doctor. When should the Ummah be worried about bloating? If, if the bloating is there continuously for, for three or four weeks without it going down, you know now that it may not be food that's creating the problem, and it may not be uh, anxiety or stress, and because that's also up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, so there is a problem. It means there is a problem there. Uh, and of course, if it's associated with pain, you don't have to wait the three or four weeks. You need to attend to it urgently because there is a problem. There is either an obstruction or a malfunction or some problem that's creating the pain. So if the bloatedness is associated with pain, it becomes an urgent thing. If there's bloatedness without pain, you can go a week or two or three to see what actually happens, try try various things to see, try and manipulate your diet, try and do this, do that, uh, what we spoke about earlier. If none of those work, you need to go and see a doctor and say, look, I've got this problem, and the doctor will now start the investigation process, like how I told you, uh, you go step by step to find out what the cause of it is. Doc, uh, this question is, uh, you know, floating hereditary. Can you get it in the family genes? If, if, the, if the genes in the family are, are genes that have a defect in the bowel uh, or digestion problems, uh, then yes, it can, it can be passed on. Uh, but remember, there's another thing that happens in families, and that is uh, you, you learn from what your parents did. Uh, and you, and uh, even if they did wrong, you, re- you learn the wrong. Uh, that's why we need to ponder and we need to work out whether our families are okay or not. Are they well-balanced families? Because... Uh, sometimes you know, if our family is not well-balanced, the kids think that that's normal, that, that, that well-balanced family is normal. And then they go out into the, uh, into the world and they say, hey, what is going on here? Why is this person like this and I am like this? Uh, so you need to correct it. So this also happens with eating. Uh, with eating. You see, you, you also find that parents who are overweight, you find that kids will be overweight. And the reason why, for that is that they're eating the wrong foods. They are eating foods high in calories, all of them. So, so the kids then learn to eat foods in high calories. And when they, when, they, when they become adults, they continue eating the same foods that their mommy and daddy gave them. And so the, this overweight is perpetuated in the family. But you have to say, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. If, 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 we are, if we are overweight, what is causing the overweight? So that means we're eating the wrong foods. We're eating foods that are too high in calories. Therefore, uh, we need to cut down. And that's how you teach your children uh, to, for, 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 for health, healthy eating and healthy living. And that, now this applies to everything in life uh, that, that we need to look at uh, as far as uh, our families are concerned. But that's another story. But as far as, mm. uh, as, far as this uh, genetic uh, transmission of bloatedness, usually it's the foods that we are eating and the, the way that we are preparing the foods uh, that creates the problem uh, in the parents. And of course, it can create the same problem in the child because they're, they're not eating correctly and they're eating too fast or they are not uh, uh, chewing the food properly and they're all in a hurry and that kind of thing. You see, that, that needs to be sorted out. You know, Doctor, what a lovely program with you. You also bring in uh, the Sunnah aspect of uh, Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know, one-third food one-third uh, water, and the uh, thing is empty. And, you know, if you, in other words, if you don't chow too much or you don't eat too much of food, you'll be okay. You won't be bloating, uh, doctor. No, no, you won't. And, and uh, you know, Rasulullah, uh, whatever he has said, has, uh, is, is uh, you know, is, is the truth, absolute truth. Uh, now, he wasn't a doctor. He didn't know anatomy but he, he, you know, he, the things he said is, 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 we find it very fascinating. Uh, medical people, we find it very fascinating how Rasulullah talks about medical issues. You see that one third being empty. People wonder why, why is Rasulullah saying that one third of the stomach must be empty? Why, why don't you fill that one, one third with something? Now, now you see our stomach 
when we when we swallow food, our stomach the food stays in the stomach, and it takes two hours in the stomach <clears throat> when the stomach mixes the food and, and breaks it down before it sends it into the small bowel for digestion and for absorption of food. <clears throat> so whilst this food is in the stomach for two hours, it is being it is being ground and it is being we don't even know about it. We don't even feel it. <clears throat> and Allah Ta'ala in, <clears throat> excuse me, Allah Ta'ala in His mercy has made it possible for us not to know that this is taking, taking place. Otherwise, it will be very disconcerting for us uh, if we know that this is happening inside here, inside our, you know, inside our bellies. But you take, you take a food mixer. You put food in the, you put food in the food mixer. You have to put water in it to make it, to make it liquid. You have to put water in it, and you have to leave a space because if you if you fill that food mixer right to the top, and you switch it on, things are going to fly out because uh, there's not enough space for for expansion. So that's the reason why we have to have space inside to allow it for for expansion. And if we don't allow that space, what happens is the valves in the stomach become stretched become compromised. That's how one of the ways in which people develop hiatus hernia and, and where, this, where the valves are stretched so that now, now the food, now it doesn't only stay in the stomach, it comes up in the gutter because the valve has been damaged. And, uh, and it's like, you know, the, the simple example I give you about the food mixer, you fill it up with food and you fill it up with water and you put the lid on and you put the thing on, you are going to have a problem because there's not enough space. That's the reason for the one-third air that we need to keep, or one-third space that we need to keep in our, in our stomach. And it makes so much, so much, so much sense to us. Well, uh, doctor, come, I have to hug you, doc. You know, you're like a wadi to me. Come. What a lovely analogy. Hey, when I look at that food processor and the next time I'm making my mint chutney, hey, I'm going to say I'm not going to overload that. But then there you put it in small moderations too. Doctor, you're absolutely, mashallah, perhaps your parting words uh, this evening. Yes, I think we, you know, when we, something is wrong in our body, we need to take a step back. Usually, I find over years and years of practice that it is our lifestyle that causes the problem. It is something that we are doing which the body is objecting to. The body doesn't like it. And so if we continue to do what we're doing, we are going to continue to have the problem. So it's a good idea when something is not going right in your body to take a step back and say, what am I doing? What am I eating? What is this in this food? Uh, uh, we look at ingredients in everything uh, that we eat. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, uh, most people don't even know what they're eating. They, they don't even know the ingredients uh, in the foods that they're eating. So I think, they, you know, if you have a problem, uh, you need to take a step back and check what, what you're doing and check the lifestyle of your family. And I talk to the young parents who have little children. Please correct your life. Correct your life so that you transmit correct information to your children. When they grow up into adults, they will be well-balanced adults, not adults who are finicky and obsessed and, 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 and under stress and on the go all the time. And that's how they will be. You want the best for your children, you must correct yourself because your kids will learn from you, no one else. They will learn other things from other people, but they will look at you and they'll want to be like you. So if you have children, you need to behave yourself and you need to really be a good person uh, with, with putting good food into your system, exercising regularly, playing sport, and, and uh, that applies to religion as well. You need to be religious, you need to pay, read your salah, you need to uh, read your Quran, and if you do all that, your kids will do the same. Alhamdulillah, well said the doctor, and Allah bless you as usual for you know, taking your time and gracing the platforms of uh, Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Allah Sunnah, wal Jama'a. We all benefit tremendously from you. Doctor, you have a blessed evening ahead and talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for the Isha Zan and we'll continue after that.